0: Everyone's got something to prove, including us. What's said or what's written or what happened last year doesn't matter anymore. We're
1: going to be calling out to our fans to really put the pressure on because our noise can carry some serious momentum.
2: You play the Jets, you play their fans. Welcome to Winnipeg, Canada's hockey home. Scheifele scores! Here's couple he shoots, he scores! finds the C. Patrick a finds the back of the net. Ground Control the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Hosted by Jets TV. Game one of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs of 2019 in the books for the Winnipeg Jets. It is a loss to the St. Louis Blues, two-one. The finals, the Jets trailing the best of seven series, one uh, nothing. This is the Ground Control Podcast uh, post-game one edition. Darren Millard, Jamie Thomas, Mitchell Clinton, Tyler Escobar here. Uh, Darren, game one exactly. I guess how we thought it was going to turn out. Tight checking, lots of physicality, but in the end, a one goal loss for the Winnipeg Jets.
3: If people were wondering how the St. Louis Blues went from last overall in the National Hockey League on January 2nd to tying the Winnipeg Jets with 99 points, you saw the microcosm of it in game number one. Weathered the storm early, goaltender made some big saves and found a way to get a couple of pucks uh, past the opposition goaltender and squeak out a win. Very conservative game. They dictated the style and they played it uh, conservatively to
2: the point where they were able to find a way to win and the Winnipeg Jets weren't. Jordan Bennington came into this uh, series with 13 playoff games, but at one of them at the ECHL level, and also the rest, the other 12, at the American Hockey League level. So the Jets fall in Game One. Let's go inside the room, but first, before we do that, let's hear from head coach Paul Maurice.
1: Well, yeah, the first five minutes of the second, and probably that back half of that third period, we uh, I mean, we weren't moving the puck through the through the neutral zone with the, with a, you know speed or patience uh, when it wasn't there. We were still trying to make something happen and. Um, but correctable things and part of the experience of learning that you got to go through.
0: They, they, they sprung a couple. Uh, you know, we, we'd like to clean that up, but, uh, you know, our goalie made some big saves. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, they won that period.
1: That was a good, hard playoff game. Lots of great hits. For, for a game with very few unusually low shot numbers based on what you see in the regular season, there were chances. Uh, patty hits a bar buff sent alone schaefer has got the great chance at the end they had some chances too. bozak again in the slot great save so some high-end goaltending saves when you when you watch it on tv up close those guys made some tight area saves that they got a piece of that maybe didn't look as dangerous they were dangerous shots i think this was just a hard fighting grinding game and everyone was fighting for every inch and you know they're looking for openings everywhere and um, they just happened to get one we played a good game we worked hard uh but we uh we couldn't we couldn't get the win. Um no we uh, we gotta look at it and uh you know, try and, and and do it better next year. Yeah, I think I played a good game. Um I think our line we we uh played pretty solid and just try to try to get on the body right away and uh make uh, make their D rim some pucks so we can uh we can create some uh some turnovers for, for them and uh yeah, we were able to score one, and uh, it was a tough, tough bounce at the end for our line. But uh, that's that's the way it goes, and uh, just gotta gotta focus on next game. It wasn't an open game, and and none of them are going to be. It's not breaking loose in this series. It's going to look almost like that right through. And you want to just take one or two of their chances away from them a night, the ones that you think you can clean up, um, and then you you want to make good on yours.
2: You don't have any. A whole lot of room to or time to wait. Um is it is these tough ones or or easy ones for your club to get over when with the effort that you guys put out but didn't didn't get the, the win.
1: It won't matter tough or easy, but you're losing games in the playoffs. That's just a fact, and the team that probably will handle this the best is gonna have the best chance to win in the end.
3: Shop where the players shop. Jetsgear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com.
2: This is Patrick Klein and you're listening to Ground Control. As always on the Jets uh, TV podcast, otherwise known as Ground Control, uh, we'll take care of some business otherwise known as the 50 Jets reward points. Go to jetsrewards.ca, type in the word rivalry, which is basically the word of the week here on the podcast, and you'll have yourself 50 points. Uh, Jets did not have 50 shots they don't have 50 points this at this plate point juncture but they had a lot of good opportunities uh in game one mitch uh dustin bufflin hit a post patrick line hit a post the chances were there so again you can't be that frustrated because it's not like the chances and the opportunities weren't there it just doesn't go in your favor and bounces don't go your way
0: yeah you mentioned the jets didn't have 50 shots the two teams only combined for 51 so it's Mm -hmm. not like like you said there is there wasn't a whole lot of uh, open ice out there. And yeah, the Jets did have some looks. I thought uh, Patrick Laine was uh, was real good tonight. I mean, obviously, he gets the goal for the Jets in the first period, hits a post, and then there was another opportunity that he had that the puck had to have been three feet behind his skates when he, uh, when he tried to corral it, and Bennington just was able to kind of pin it under his pad I thought Patrick Lana had a number of good chances tonight. Dustin Bufflin, like you mentioned, uh, hit a post on the one power play the Jets had, and then he also found some open ice coming down the left, uh, the left side there. And just I don't know if Bennington got a piece of it or if it just kind of cleared over the net. So Jets were generating chances, and usually for them to generate chances, there's got to be a speed component in their game. And I thought they were coming through the neutral zone, especially in the first 40 minutes, with a good amount of speed. And that's something that they can that they can build on going into game two. That They were able to create some chances and get some looks on Jordan Bennington. There's enough skill on the Winnipeg Jets that, you know, if they get those looks, they will make them count. Obviously, Bennington may come out up with the the biggest save of the night on uh, Mark Shifley with about 12 seconds to go. And uh, obviously, Mark Shifley would love to have that one back. But if you're looking for positives to build on, that's definitely one of them, the opportunities that the Jets did create.
2: Patrick Laine's first career playoff goal came last April in game one against the Minnesota wild. His first goal uh, tonight was eerily similar to that goal a year ago, but Darren, big picture Patrick Laine gets that goal. Should have had a second one. Had it not gone off the post confidence wise. How much does this uh, prop that up for him going into game two and into the playoffs? Well,
3: on the goal in particular, it was Dustin Bufflin who rushed the puck up the ice and, and took it behind the net and Laine, was up in the play, but then circled back and and covered the point position, and I thought that was a that was a good awareness. Uh, everything's going according to plan, and that's why he had the puck at the point because he was he was filling in for, for Bufflin and was able to take the shot. He also had another long-range shot that almost fooled Bennington, got caught up on his pad, yeah. and made a couple of nice feeds, including one on the backhand over to Kopp, which generated a, a good chance. So I, I think you saw some some increased confidence as the game went on from Patrick Laine, which uh, we all know he is is fueled by that as much as any player around the NHL Uh goes on confidence, so that's that's a real strong point uh, for the Jets and also Nikolai Ehlers had two really good looks in the first period, still looking for that first ever
2: playoff goal, but so, some positives on the Ehlers front as well. Connor Hellebuck, uh, no slouch in that department in his scheme uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Tyler 24 saves on the evening uh, made some very good stops, couldn't be blamed for either one of the goals going in, but overall He's been looking forward to this this moment, it seems like, since the start of the year, since he signed that uh, six-year contract extension. Hit your thoughts on his play in Game 1?
4: Yeah, I really liked where Connor Hellebuck's play was at in Game 1 against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Like you mentioned, you look at both goals. The first goal, he, he doesn't see through about four layers of bodies. Uh, I don't think you can blame anybody for that. And then the second goal, Patrick Maroon escapes a bunch of pressure in the corner makes an unbelievable play to the high, like the highest of slots and the guy, the guy buries. So, I mean, what can you do there? But like you said, 24 saves, uh, his, I thought he was seeing the puck. Well, he looked square to the puck at all times. He looked really dialed in, really focused. And on the flip side, Jordan Binnington, you know, all the questions going, Oh, you know, he's rookie goalie. What, what do we, what can we see? What can we expect? And I thought we, we got what we, came for basically with Jordan Binnington you saw why he has been on the tear that he's been on and he made a couple early saves and I thought that helped settle him in
2: parlin home also a shorthanded opportunity on a breakaway Darren is too much made now about rookie goaltenders going to the playoffs. So we, we see young players thriving at the NHL level immediately, it seems like, because of the preparation they've gone through uh, in earlier in, the, in their junior careers and as playing south of the board in the NCAA. Are we making too much of rookie goaltenders heading to the postseason? Probably in this case, because Jordan Minnington's
3: the same age as Connor Halibut. Mm-hmm. So uh, experience is there. There's uh, a body of work that is there. Uh, Jordan Bennington's put in the time, uh, especially in the last couple of years, really worked on his game uh, over the last two seasons to the point when he got the call-up this year, was ready to, to make an impact. So uh, he doesn't fit the traditional rookie goaltender uh, in the same mold of, uh, of Patrick Waugh or, or Ron Haxtell that were able to jump into the scene.
2: Mitch, another late goal up against... Yeah. Um, 205 left in this one we've seen the jets give up a goal with three seconds left in the clock we've seen the jets give up a goal with a minute and five left and a loss to the minnesota wild on home ice there's been quite a few of these this year is is it something they should be concerned about or is this just the the tight style of game you lose doesn't matter what time you lose the game
0: well i i mean ultimately but that's i think that's what they'll take from it is just it's a it's a loss and they got to move on to the next one that's the that's the the beauty of playoff hockey is you don't have a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of time to really sit on it. Um, one of the things that Patrick Laine kind of touched on post game was just the fact that sometimes what will happen is kind of in, in between the the blue lines. You know, in the first forty minutes, maybe they were they were getting pucks deep and they were able to make the St. Louis Blues come two hundred feet. When it got into the third period, the first four minutes I thought were really good. After that, what kind of ended up happening the the first Blues goal goes in, and then Paul Maurice felt they were a little bit tight. And then what happened is they weren't able to get pucks deep, and then it ended up just being a regroup for the Blues, kind of in that neutral zone area. And then the puck was coming back, made it harder to change. Good when guys were changing, you know, uh, their shifts were a little bit longer. And the Jets kind of always uh, always preach that shift length. That being said, you know you look at Blake Wheeler's ice time tonight. 17 minutes or so uh, obviously there's only the one power play so I believe they kind of spread the ice time out as much as they would have liked I thought you know obviously Adam Lowry's line with with Par Lindholm and Jack Rosvik was really good so definitely some things to build on they won't like how the game ended that's for sure uh something that uh they'll definitely work on going into the next one
2: Darren the Jets have played 83 games this year excluding of course the preseason they've lost 10 games they've led after two periods of play cause for concern in that aspect, and does that sit in the back of their minds now should they have a late lead uh, going on into these in the in the postseason?
3: If it's not in the minds of the players and the coaches, it's certainly going to be in the minds of everybody that's watching and, and Jets fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're looking at 12% of your games being in that scenario where you're letting a third-period lead get away, it's an issue, and it's not something that you can necessarily – fixed tactically uh i the, in this case in game number one wasn't a case of the winnipeg jets blowing a, a lead right. uh they didn't necessarily hand it to the st louis blues but st louis found a way to get a puck uh past connor hellebuck in a, in a tie game and late and and mark shifley's shot didn't go uh it's i don't want to be this this wasn't a negative loss, yeah. If you can phrase it that you're way, you're not hanging your head no, afterwards. No, this 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 wasn't like what the Tampa Bay Lightning went through against the Columbus Blue Jackets in their opener. Winnipeg did a lot of really good things. They were better than we expected in the faceoff dot against Ryan O'Reilly. They dominated the game physically, uh, while they took two offensive zone penalties. Uh, they they were clearly uh, prepared on the PK uh, to St. Louis Blues power play uh and they generated some some chances in a tight checking game there's a lot there they just didn't find which has been the case more recently didn't find that one puck to get uh, get across the line
2: another thing is uh the Addition of Josh Morrissey, Tyler, he plays 17 minutes, 15 seconds, no time on the PK. That's something we're perhaps to look into a little bit uh, into game two and probably will be asked of, of Paul Maurice tomorrow uh, once things settle down here. Uh, haven't seen him in quite some time, but he just looked like the Josh Morrissey that we're so used to seeing, wasn't it?
4: Absolutely. And when you say just like the Josh Morrissey that we're used to, you don't notice him at all. Mm. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a few plays where you know, uh, he he's able to sort of quell what goes on in his own zone and, and make that great first pass to uh, avoid potential disaster. And I thought Josh stepped in really well. Like you said, didn't appear on the penalty kill. Um, but the Jets' penalty kill was really solid tonight, so they didn't miss a beat there. But, uh, yeah, really happy to see Josh Morrissey back in the lineup. He uh, he definitely g- gave the fans what they came to see.
0: Also, whiteout out atmosphere is always great, but I thought it was really cool that, Morrissey was in the starting yes. lineup and he got the, the ovation that he did, because I think he's one of those defensemen that if you, if you watch on kind of like a, a daily, uh, on a, if you watch him daily, you get just more of an appreciation for him. And I think that was something that the Jets fans, when, when he was back in the lineup, uh, gave him a, a real, real big pop just before, uh, Connor Hellbeck was introduced to. Yeah.
3: He's got a game that you really, really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, on a total compliment, not just the sizzle of offense that you see from some certain guys, but but the all-around package, and you you can't help but enjoy and become a bigger fan of him every time you see him out on the ice.
2: Mitch, who is the Jets' best line tonight, in your mind?
0: Ooh, what a heater! Uh, yeah. I honestly I thought uh, as much as you know, the line of Little, Cop and Line a were were the ones that kind of generated a number of uh, number of chances. I really, really like the Lindholm-Lowry-Rosovic line. Right. I thought the amount that they were that they were used is one of the reasons that the Jets were able to kind of keep their shift length
3: drew to what they would they have drew liked. The only penalty.
0: Drew a penalty as well. Uh, obviously, this isn't a five-on-five situation, but you have Lowry and Lindholm out as a penalty kill duo, and they end up getting a shorthanded breakaway. Lindholm just can't cash in. That's another one of the chances like we talked about. Um, I just thought there was, they really seemed to uh, to bond together well. Rosovic brings a, a real good amount of speed. He's really good on pucks, tenacious on pucks, really, um, especially tonight. And I thought defensively Lindholm was, was solid defensively.
2: Well, Darrell, poses next question to you. Should Brandon Tanov be ready for game number two? Are you taking Lindholm out, and then how does that shift things around in your mind in terms of lines? I wouldn't have any issue in, in
3: making that change, not because Lindholm had a bad game, mm. uh, not because he didn't finish uh, on a glorious opportunity uh, that doubles the lead and gives you that insurance marker and the one the goal that you didn't get, but more because of what Tanif brings to the game and the energy and the speed and what he can do to 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 back some people off and and I just think he gives you uh, a
2: little bit more uh, jump and juice uh, to the game. Do you see that match? Do you see TLC being reunited? If, if should Brandon Tanner find his way back in the lineup, or do you think Paul Maurice is quite happy with his his lines as as of this moment? It's uh, a
0: good question. I'm not sure. I feel like. He likes what he's got with, with little and, and cop together and kind of how that, that trio has worked with, with Patrick line. So I I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see just because, I mean, you never know. I mean, Brandon Tanev has really only missed. I guess it'd be three games now and you never know in the postseason, what guys are going to end up playing through. Obviously him being on the ice at the end of practices is a, is a good sign. Um, so I guess we'll see going forward, but, uh, Paul Maurice, if, if anything, from what we've seen, is when he does bring a guy into the lineup, he does like to make as little adjustments as possible. So we'll see.
2: Are we expecting pretty much the exact same thing from game two? The tight checking, not many chances. Is this pretty much just going to be the entire series?
3: If the St. Louis Blues have their say. And they've yeah. been, they, been it just isn't game one here. Mm-hmm. This has been a, a factor since early January where they have been really able to decide how the game's going to be played. And shots on goal, uh, Mitch talked about uh, 51 in the total game. It's it's a real anomaly that the St. Louis Blues allow more than 30 shots, uh, and and that was that was a prototypical St.
2: Louis Blues game, and and they were able to do it on the road. Mitch, what do you think the Jets are going to try to do more in Game Two that they didn't get accomplished in Game One? And I'm not talking about scoring more goals. Yeah, but you know what I'm getting at here.
0: I think honestly it's 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 a matter of just sustaining what they've what they were doing through two periods mm-hmm. I mean as much as i mean I kind of alluded to it previously just in when things seem to get away from them, it's just a matter of they're not getting pucks deep when they need to, and kind of getting that that first touch. Which is another thing that they've kind of talked about. You, you're able to get in on the puck, and whether you force a turnover or cause a defenseman to rim it and then force a turnover that way on the other side boards, that's the Winnipeg Jets game when they're playing with with that speed and forcing turnovers in the in the in the offensive zone and creating off of that. They so, did a
3: bit of that, right?
0: They definitely did, like, and that's that's what I mean. I just think it's just it's staying with that. It is definitely not an easy game to play. It takes a lot out of you, hence shift length. I keep preaching on it, but that's that's something that is really near and dear to them, and it really affects what, whether they're able to play their game to the level that you they know, really want.
3: I'll be curious to see if they try and stretch the ice a little bit more in game too, to try and open up that neutral zone and, and win races to the puck on, on stretch passes and, and that type of approach. But big picture, when you evaluate this game, if, if the Jets find that goal and win 2-1, you're talking about this game as a really exactly. solid game. So I, I, I'm hesitant to, to poke too many holes mm-hmm. in, in the loss because uh, I, I think the Jets did a lot of really good things. You don't say that in every game. right? But in this case, despite allowing uh, the two third period goals, uh,
2: there's there's a lot of positive things to come out of it. And uh, the best way to end something is to go out on a positive note. Uh, So this is uh, the post-Game 1 edition of of Ground Control. Of course, we're coming to you every single day here on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.